Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. We all know that you cannot give to others what you do not feel for yourself. So I'm so glad that you guys are here for another episode. So let's join forces and heal from within so that we can make the world a better place. I am so happy to have a very special guest on with us today. Her name is Yvonne Morgan. Welcome to the show, Yvonne. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. This is exciting. I'm excited to have you. This is phenomenal. I can't wait to get into our uh, our conversation today. So um, Yvonne is an author and she's a blogger who writes about finding God in the ordinary events of life. Um, she's going to talk to us a little bit about travel today, about missions, and about making a difference in the world. Um, she's also going to speak about how the loss of her son taught her about helping others. So um, yeah, grab your, you know, get comfortable sitting at home. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get right in there. Because I'm excited to get going. So Yvonne, where are you? Where are you uh, tuning in from today? I am coming in from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, down in far south of America for those that are up in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I haven't been but I'd love to visit. I'd like to go through all the states sometime. It's a lot. It's real pretty. We're a smaller state and not very populous. And that's why we're here. I've lived in some of the big cities and it's just nice to be in a smaller community. Yes. Just don't come in the spring when we have the tornadoes. Okay. Well noted. Thank you so much. <laughs> we get some here, but they're very, very far in between and they're um, really small. So, well, but that's enough for me. I don't want to. <laughs> But we get the really big this... ones and Ooh. in our big months we can have 30 and 40 really so, yeah that's yep. scary but you still like it there i mean you still oh, love it yeah we have a tornado shelter in our garage though so. oh okay so well prepared we're prepared it's <laughs> awesome um yeah where do we start um would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and and why you wanted to come on the show and well, and I, I saw what you were, the kind of work you were talking about, and it's like it just resonated, resonated with me, um, so many similarities in the stories, so it's like, and I saw the request for some uh, guests, and it's like, oh, this one fits, because <laughs> so many of them, they're looking for things that I'm not qualified for, and it's like, wow, this is one that really can hit home. Um, and so I sent out the email and thought, hey, I keep my fingers <laughs> crossed and it all worked out. Yeah, I'm so glad to, to connect with you. I've been meeting the most incredible people. I can imagine. Yeah, and you can't have 
people open up to you on a show like this and not be lifelong friends. Like I'm still yeah. in contact with, with all of them. And I love it from, from Australia to, you know, all around the world. So it's wow. phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, we were just talking about this, but, um, I am so sorry that, um, you lost your son and, uh, you say that it taught you about helping other people. It really did. Um, he was born in, um, I have to always think, do my math here. Um, 87. Um, and he lived for eight days before he passed. Um, we'd always been church members and, you know, so it, it was, it was a tough time. I went through a lot of depression and questioning God to why, you know, um, I grew up, grew up in a Christian home and it's like, always knew God would take care of me. And so this happened and really set me for a loop. Um, I didn't know what to do. And so was searching a lot still, we still attended church the whole time, but in the depression, it was just, I was no longer making the connection with God. And, um, we were at church one Sunday, um, at a, our annual church meeting and a group did a presentation on that. They were going on a mission trip to Haiti. Mm. And so I thought, you know, this might be a way to kind of pay it forward a little bit. It's what I was thinking and kind of do this in honor of my son. Um, because you know, the hard part of losing a, especially a young child is nobody else will ever know him. You know, my oh. husband and I and my other kids, you know, but he doesn't exist to the world. So I wanted a way that kind of would be a memorial to him. And so I told my husband, Hey, I think I need to go on this mission trip. And his reaction was he laughed hysterically um, <laughs> because up until that point in my life, my, as he said, my idea of roughing it was going to a holiday. Inn. <laughs> yes. And so I had never camped, never done anything. And here I'm thinking of going to Haiti. Um, and the trip especially uh, appealed to me because it was going to be working with children. Mm. And I thought, well, that's, you know, there's another connection. Beautiful. So let me go do that. And I did. I went and spent a week in Haiti and it changed my life. Um, so it really was impactful. So that was your first time. That was my first mission trip. My husband did not go because um, he thought, as he still says, he thought this was a phase mm -hmm. that I would get over. Um and back in the day, so this was in, um, yeah, quite a while ago, uh, 1997 when I went, 96, 97 area, we, cell phones weren't as common, mm. um, in fact, non-existent back in the day. So once I left the airport in the U.S. and got to Haiti, he never heard from us, the team that I went with till we got back to the U.S. And it kind of scared him. Yeah. Um, wow. So At least you that, didn't go completely alone because you went with a group. Yeah. Yep. There was, uh, I guess, about 12 of us. Most, there was four adults and the rest were kids because they were doing a summer camp program down in Haiti. So they wanted youth to come with us. Oh, so I love had, that. Yeah. It was really a cool program. Um, we had a blast, you know, well organized. So you, we, for, for us not having the experience, we just plugged in. And so, which was perfect. Um, I learned so much, which then I was able to use later on for other trips. Um, but yeah, working, helping others really, especially those in less fortunate situations, just open your eyes to, yeah, I lost my son, but things could have been so much worse. Um, does, you know, yes, I'd still like my son to be here, but you know, I can help others and feel something special and it can help me get through my grief and my pain to be able to help others. 
Well, I love your story. And I, you know, I, I went on my one trip there, you know, and it was only one, but it, I feel the same way. Like when oh, you're talking yeah. about your first time, my life completely changed when I came yep. back. It's like, not only are you more grateful, which you expect, you know, yes. but what it does for your, like, I call it almost like a selfish thing. Cause even though we're helping them, they gave me more than I could have given. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh. You can, yeah, they do. You learn so much more from them. You know, it's like, okay, do I need all this stuff? You know, um, it just teaches you a different way mm. of life. And what am I doing with my time? Like, yeah. you know, you don't miss anything when you're there because no. you're so fulfilled and you're so full of all the right things. Right. And because a lot of people we we come in contact with, it's like, because back then when we first started, uh, my husband and I both worked full time. And so it took our vacation time because um, mm. after that trip, he has gone on every other trip because <laughs> um, he realized, yeah, I should have been on that trip. But, you know, it, it took our vacation time away. Um, and some of the trips as my kid, other two daughters got older, went with us, you know, and so we spent our own money to go, even if we were going with a group and people look at you like you're kind of crazy. But yes. We yes. get so much out of it that, you know, it's, it's just incredible. Something everybody should do. Yes. And, and I love that you did it while working full time. Like that's, that's why I haven't been able to do more of it is because I use my vacation time as well. Yeah. And it's tough. And people are like, don't you want to go to Cuba or don't you want to go to Puerto, you know? And I'm like, I love that, but I'm just at a different stage now. I'm trying, you know, and, um, and the one thing I have found, because I, I always love to travel. I was born in Ireland, have lived in Canada and the U, all over the U.S. And so my parents were travelers always. And so that was in my blood to begin with. Um, I can remember we, we went to, back to Ireland on our honeymoon because my husband had never been. And I can remember telling him when we first got married, I want to travel. And he, his thing was always... We'll travel as long as they speak English as the primary. My husband said uh, the same thing. Yeah. And uh, which now we laugh at hysterically because, but you know, um, it's so funny because everything you're saying, like my husband said the exact same thing. Why can't we just go? Yeah. It was funny because he almost didn't come. Yeah. I have now learned though, of all the places I've wanted, because God on top of all of this, God is wonderful. And I had my list of places I've always wanted to go to. And miraculously over the years, God has us do a mission there. And I have crossed off a lot of countries off my list because it is, wow. and, you know, and I don't go in search of those. They kind of fall in my lap and it's like, Ooh, I get to go there now. So that's it's been phenomenal. And, and, and for that gift to come from such a loss, you know, yeah. it's just, it's so pure and, and I'm glad that it brought you a, some, you know, some kind of solace, right? Right. And, you know, now we, um, cause we've been doing this over 20 years now, um, I been on it. probably that many trips, if not more, you know, and we do orphanages now where we help orphans and it always amazes me. I have so many kids around the world that call us mom and dad. Aww. And so, you know, from the one I'll say sacrifice of my son, I've gained probably hundreds of kids and some have now grown up and are, you know, young adults. 
um, especially in Kenya, a lot of the girls have now graduated from the orphanage and have their own lives. And they'll contact me through Facebook. It's like, do you remember me? And Aww. it's just incredible to have all these friends around the world. I would love so to go. Good. You'll have to help me out with, with the Kenya trip because uh, I would love to, love to go. Oh, it's incredible. That's part of my heart's there. We, we don't have that, or I'd go back anytime, but we don't have that orphanage anymore. Um, some situations came up, but it's still, I would love to go back. Oh, I'd love to go for like a couple of weeks to an yeah. orphanage and then maybe do a few days like at an elephant sanctuary or something. And there's one right outside Nairobi. Is it? Oh. Yeah, where they raise baby. They, you know, when the moms have been shot or killed or whatever, you know, or die, they adopt, they bring in the babies and you can go there and feed them. And then they also have another animal orphanage and they have um, all kinds, but they have cheetahs that were raised by hand. And cheetah is the one big cat that once it's domesticated, doesn't go wild oh. so you can go in the cage and wow. play with them wow. and they roll over and purr and you can rub their bellies it's just so you not only do you get to go help people you get to do these amazing things that a lot of people in the world don't even know exist yeah and the healing that is to be done with your and within yourself too yeah yes that's very much. beautiful um i have to ask do you always go through your church we have our own organization. Um, okay. So we do it ourselves because churches like to compete sometimes um, to the detriment of others. And so when we first started doing this and working with orphans specifically, we decided we want to do this, as my husband said, do it under the banner of God and not under the banner of any specific church. Because I didn't want, if we were in a Baptist church at the time, I didn't want a Methodist to say, well, I can't go. It's a Baptist Yeah, I'm thing. glad. I'm glad that you said that because um, I have people in our community that don't really particularly belong to any religion, right? And the show is, right. it accepts everyone. Um, and I don't want people to think, because a lot of people think that you have to belong to to a church or to do in order to right. go on a mission trip and you don't you can just create your own no, passion you project so i love yeah. that you've you've tried both and that's phenomenal yeah. yeah the first few we did were organized you know through other organizations and then it's like okay this is what i want to do so we'll go blaze a trail and you know, nowadays we go a lot of places. Um, Myanmar is one oh. of the places we have um, an orphanage now, which is in Southeast Asia. It used to be Burma. Most people still know it that way. There's not a lot, there are local churches there, but not churches affiliated with America. And we, you know, and people laugh at us because it's like you go, you get on a plane, you have no idea who's meeting you. It's like, and I don't really care. Well, you know, I've met them, met them online, you know, and have talked, but it's like, and we walk into situations where there aren't any tourists. Yeah. Fact, I mean, you have to do your research, but, yeah, but, but I was, I was a little bit apprehensive and afraid when I went and Guatemala is not a scary place, really. No, um, from what I've heard, I have not been there yet. Yeah. You should go. The people are just, oh my God. They're like, warm my heart. But the thing is like, I just, I still felt like I was afraid until I got there. And then yeah. the minute the plane was landing, I'm like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I felt like this, yep. I know this sounds weird, but I felt like this warm embrace kind of protecting me. And it was yep. like nothing bad. Like I didn't even, 
I felt safer than here because I was myself, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was just amazing. There's one photograph. Sometimes you take a picture. Yep. And, you know, you go on holiday or you do something and you take a picture and you come back and you're like, oh, these are great pictures, you know, and you're looking and you're looking. There's this picture of me. I'm sweaty. I'm not even like that, like put together, whatever. It is my favorite picture. Yeah. Because in my eye, I can see the happiness and I'm like, that is how I want to feel every day. Yes, exactly. You know, and I took it there with a child in in one of the schools and it just, I don't know, like the feeling, I'm so glad to have you on this show because you've been to so many places and I just, yeah, I just want to know, does the feeling last? Like you keep, like I'm jealous. I want to. And we always, we always joke. And this is for anybody that ever does go on a trip. The, you know, you, you do all the travel, however long that is. And sometimes it's forever to get where we're going because we do a lot of remote areas. But that first night on on ground in whatever city we're going to be in, my husband and I will usually lay awake in bed and we'll look at each other and, and we'll <laughs> kind of say, why are we doing this again? <laughs> and it's like, you know, why? Because especially Myanmar and our other sit place we're working right now is Nepal. And so it's a 20-hour journey, plane rides a lot of times. So you're exhausted. You're in this fog from the time difference. And it's like, and, he, and we will. It's like, let's not do any more of these. Mm. And it's like, you know, and, and you lay there and it's like, Ugh, oh, thank God, why do you keep making me do this? <laughs> and then by the next morning, it's like, all right, let's go. And then by the end of the trip, it's not a trip till I cry because we're having to leave and come <laughs> So, because so, it's like, I don't want to go home. And it's always that way. So you get there, you're terrified, you're exhausted, you don't want to be doing it. And then by the end, it's wonderful. And you don't want to leave the people you've met. I, I went with one of my bosses to the, oh, wow. to the last one. And I was very serious when we were leaving. And I said, I think I'm gonna stay. <laughs> she looked at me, <laughs> and she's like, um, "I was afraid of this, but no, you do really need to go." <laughs> but and then COVID hit two days later, and I was uh, so upset because I'm like, "Darn it! Maybe I could have yeah. got stuck there." <laughs> you know? I'm yeah. glad I didn't because of the medical care and everything. But right, but at right. the same time, I was like, "Oh, you know." But when you were saying about crying at the end of the trip. For me, I had always wanted to go, wanted to go, wanted to go, but I was a little bit afraid. I didn't know how to do it. I had all these questions. What if, you know, how am I going to connect myself? All these things. As soon as the plane left Toronto and I was in the air for like 30 seconds, I started bawling. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm actually doing this. Like I never, and I hate to fly. And man, that whole time I had this frozen smile on my face and people were like what the hell is she drunk or she like on high on something or what and I just this permanent smile and I was like eh, hi everybody like I just couldn't you know and, oh yeah oh. and we I I've you know and I've flown all my life even from a little child and I do fine as long as you don't put me on a little bitty prop mm. job yeah I'm on those almost every trip now that yeah. we take and it's like and I've and I've gotten much more comfortable on them but I can the first time we did Kenya I can remember we walked after the big flight into Nairobi and then we had to fly out to the village we were working in we walked out in the runway 
and my heart just sank. Oh. <laughs> there's this little bitty prop job sitting there. Flamingo air. Oh. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's scary because like... you wanna you wanna go, but you wanna you don't want, you don't wanna get hurt. Yeah, and we got on and my husband's a very big man. He's six four and very big in all ways. And we got on the plane and the flight attendant's looking is like, Oh, you two can't sit together. If you sit like that when we take off the plane will flip over and I'm just like, Oh no. Why am I doing this again? Oh. And but I have gotten much better about the flying part, but <laughs> well, I'm sitting here watching you and we're talking and I'm like cringing on the other side of the <laughs> Oh, I know it is. I can, I, and like I said, now because we fly into um, the main city in Myanmar is uh, Mandalay or uh, Yangon, either one we can go, and that's always big planes, and then you get on the little one, but we do much better on them now. So I've gotten used to them. It's like, okay, Lord, if you're going to make me do this, just give me the strength, and He does, and I go on. Do you have a favorite place? It's hard because they're all so wonderful. There's so many, each place has a special thing to it. Um, so it's always hard. Kenya, I loved because we worked there 10 years oh. and just, it was one of my bucket list. I always wanted to go somewhere in Africa. And so um, it holds my heart that, because we really talked about retiring down there. Mm. Um, like I said, things didn't work out. Um, Nepal, I love because one of my other bucket list was to see Everest and we went up you have to get out of Kathmandu a little bit that we you know and so to see because I love mountains you know some people love going to the ocean mines mountains and to be in Kathmandu the people are wonderful and warm but then you're standing in town and you're surrounded by the Andes or by the Himalayas sorry beautiful you know and it's it you know and so Everywhere we've been, the people, though, are just incredible and so welcoming and so accepting. Um, and in being in rural Myanmar, um, it's just we've met. I, I've done a lot of women's, uh, several women's conferences there now as part of we go to see the orphans and they talk me into it, strong armed me a little bit. <laughs> and says, hey, would you like to do a women's conference while you're here? It's like, OK, never done one of those. But um and just then to connect with the women to get invited into their homes at you know afterwards and just see what life is like for them which is so different from us and you know the mission work is so important but also connecting with the women because you know we have it so well we don't understand how lucky we are to be women in such developed countries you know because Myanmar well, Nepal, our arranged marriages, we've had, we've rescued one of our kids. Um, she's aged out now of our orphanage, but she was 13 and pledged in marriage to a 50-something-year-old. Um, luckily, we were able to get her before she, the marriage happened, you know, and these young girls at 13 are married off to these old men, and you can only imagine from them, or sold into human trafficking, which is a global issue in a lot of these countries. And Terrific. so you, you just realize, you know, if I can help one, I can make a huge difference in the world for that one person. And then hopefully yes. through ripple effects, help a whole lot of other people. Yeah, because I know people say that all the time. You know, if you can help one, if you can help one. And it, it, it rolls yeah. off of us so easy. But if you really think about it, if that one person is your mother or your daughter 
or a cousin. It's like that one life is so important. It is. You know, even if it's a whole lifetime to save that one, can you imagine what you would be saving them from? Yeah, exactly. Now, the and then the flip side is as somebody goes and does this, and if you start getting like us where you have this heart to go and help, you know, then you also have to be careful because at times it becomes overwhelming. Um, you know, the orphans, the number of orphans we come across in the world, because, I, you know, we have our orphanages in these set places and we help, I think we were at between the two orphanages about 60 kids, but constantly getting emails, can you help our orphanage? Can you, you know, and so you have to, kind of be focused, but keep blinders on just to be able to say, this is who I can help. This is how many I can help. And somebody else has to do the rest because it gets, it can be a little overwhelming at times too, that I can't help them all. I wish I could, if I could, I would, but I can't. I know. And it's, we need lots more people out there doing this. Yes. And it's so important that you say that because it's true. And coming from a place of anxiety and depression for me, There was a moment during my trip where I was just like, I kind of had to separate myself from other people that were there. And I went into my room at the, we were in, um, we stayed at like an Airbnb at home and just broke down. And my husband walked in and he was like, what's wrong? Are you not enjoying this? And I'm like, no, I just, I I can't go home. Like I need to help more. How do I help more people? How do I, you know, and I went into like a a little bit of a panic and he, you know, he kind of talked me through it and I realized, you know this is why I want to teach other people they can do it. You know, like you were saying, when you're working full time and you have to use your vacation, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, no. And I know, like you said, you had to pay your way. Like I had to pay mine and you just save up like you do for any vacation, but you can ask for donations. You can try, Oh yeah. you know, and these, some of these places are very, very affordable. It was cheaper. Oh, once you get there. Yes, yeah. it was cheaper to live there than live here for, you know, a couple of days. So when you yeah. really price things out, it's it's doable, you know. Oh, yeah, because like our hotel in Myanmar, it's like 20 bucks a night, yeah. you know, and we usually will eat with the kids at the orphanage, but we'll usually eat some meal, you know, and breakfast is included for that. And then if we do dinner at the hotel, it's, I think, two bucks a night, you know, per person, and it's just... You know, and, and we've also learned when our kids got a little older, since we were using vaca- family vacation time, you know, depending on where we're going, if there's somewhere nearby that we yes. want to go see, we'll tag, tag on a couple of days. Yeah, like when we when we were doing Kenya, um, it was a, what was it, a two-hour flight up to Cairo, Egypt. Oh, so wow. we went up, you know, and so we, for not much money, because it's a within Africa <laughs> flight. In Myanmar, you can fly, when we go to Myanmar, we can fly through um, India or Thailand. So now we've done both. Is it only two hours to Cairo? Yeah, from from Kenya. Okay, because I've been dying to go there. So now I know I can do that trip in one one go. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and so you can enjoy, you know, and when we've been in Nepal, we've gone up into the mountains. There's some resort, I'll say resorts, mom and pop little motels that, but they sit on the ridge where when you get up in the morning, the sun is rising over Everest, you know, and it's just like, there it is. It's just right there. And so, you know, you can make 
you can do your time doing the, the projects you have, um, but then have some, and you still have fun doing those, but then you can add a few vacation days on to see something you've always wanted to see. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And I find that, tell me if this is true or not, because you're much more experienced than I am. Um, the longer you go, the cheaper it becomes too. Oh yeah, very much. Very right? much so. So, because you can even get, like you were saying, $20 for a night. You can even, you know, some some places like are even a little bit less if you stay longer, right? Yeah. What is the longest that you've ever gone? Uh, three, um, yeah, three weeks. We've been, now that we're retired from our business world, we've looked at doing longer um, and it just hasn't happened yet. So we did not a mission trip. Um, when my husband retired, we'd always planned on doing a big trip. So we did a month traveling through Europe. Beautiful. We sang an adult backpack trip. We didn't backpack. <laughs> uh, still did trains and all that. And so getting adjusted to being away that long, you know, cause we, we know a few people that will go and do it long-term and they sell the house and everything. Well, we want to keep our base. So, yes. you know, it's, it's trying to figure out, you know, how do I pay bills if I'm gone for a month? And now more things are all electric. I can pay all my bills through. Yes. So as long as I've got a laptop connect and I travel with my laptop when I blog, because then I can blog and write on the way, but um, then I can pay bills. So now that we've experimented, that we know what it's like to be away for a month at a time, we can do that a little easier. Yeah. Because I don't like to fly when I do go, when I am able to go, because right now I am working, but when I'm able to go for like two or three months, I think I would like to try to extend it a little bit just so that I can, um, because I don't like to fly, you know, so try yeah, to organize exactly. it in pockets yeah. where I can do a lot in, in, and maybe extend it that way rather than the number of times I'm going. Right. So yeah. there's different no, ways. Yeah. Yep. Different ways to save money on doing it. This is amazing. So would you say that this is one of the biggest gifts you ever gave yourself in your life? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It, like I said, changed my life and gives us something to look forward to. COVID has changed that, but gives us something to look forward to because usually we have them planned about a year out. Mm. Um, and so it's just incredible. And like I said, with all my, um, our charity work that's on Facebook and that, you know, we meet up. I've got a lady I've been working with and she works with children in Pakistan. And, you know, she's already like, once we're open and it's like, that's it. Okay. <laughs> we'll see if that works out, you know? And so more and more opportunities come up all the time. And it's just, it, it gets it more time for expand. fundraising, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Ooh, I've never been to Pakistan. I could do that. I have a friend of mine, a fellow podcaster, um, Kristen Schindler. She, um, we were just on each other's podcast and she just met a lady in Pakistan. Her name's Darshika. And through some of her, um, she had never worked with anybody in Pakistan before, but they were, yeah. um, through some donations from her friends, they were able to have her open up a shop. Oh, wow. Got a little like corner kind of store and put a roof on, on her house. So there's beautiful well, this things happening. Yeah, this lady contacted, you know, we've been contacted because I don't just do things right away as I meet somebody. It's like, okay, we're going to test waters. Mm. Let's communicate for a while, you know, because there are scammers, bad people everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, we've known each other now for a while and she contacted us. She goes, 
we've um it's a arranged marriages in Pakistan and the woman has to have a dowry you know that's just part of the deal and this woman was orphaned um and so was asked to be uh met him somehow got a guy um but no diary so his family wasn't wanting a marriage to happen and so she's like can you help out and I don't want to brag but you know if it's like I couldn't send much because we do all of our own charity but it's like you know what I can spare fifty dollars to send U.S. dollars and I did and it bought her a washing machine <laughs> a full set of dishes and three outfits for the wedding and you know and, and it's like you know and this young lady now is married and just you know it's it doesn't take a lot no it doesn't difference you know because when she sent me pictures it's like really i bought all this for 50 dollars. she goes yes it's like okay that's that's amazing i love that it sometimes is. 50 dollars us like i'm in canada but 50 dollars us will feed a family for like three and a half weeks four weeks oh yeah exactly so, you know exactly. we really need to think about what we're doing with our money yeah but yeah. even yeah. with and there's nothing hmm. there's nothing wrong with doing i love my starbucks yes you know but um you know i always try to balance it it's like okay if i'm going to treat myself what can i do to help you know because yeah 50 bucks a month can make a huge difference in somebody's life yeah you can like sponsor a whole family and when you yep. meet them it's like Oh, yeah. You can not look in their eyes like and not. It's just, yeah. it can be, it, like you said, it can be overwhelming. But during COVID, we can't travel. But are there other ways that um, that we can give in our community, right? Other things oh, that oh, we definitely. can do that. Um... Food banks. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, especially coming up to the holidays, there's all kinds of need out there. And there's a lot of people that you know especially this year are in need in our own countries and mm -hmm. you know because i've got when i'm talking about the missions and that you know i always get one or two in the crowd it's like well what do you, you can help people in this country and it's like well yes god's called me to do work outside so i was turning around and i said yes you're right so what are you doing in this country that i can help you with and then they kind of are left walking away with their head down because you know they just use that as an excuse not to want to hear what you know what's going on in the world but we can we and i try to you know through our church and through different it's funny things. how people say things sometimes oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, when yeah, i was I when i was trying to fundraise too they were like well why guatemala there are so many people here that need the gift of music and i'm like yeah because it's not about the gift of music it's about the gift of helping people heal you know yes and we have a lot yeah. more people here helping yeah yeah, exactly. You know, and you've got to go where you feel God's calling you and he's going to call us all to different places. But I, you know, when I know somebody in the U.S. through our church or that's doing programs here, I will participate in those. You know, my big mission is outside the U.S., but I, that doesn't stop me from doing things here. We, um, COVID has stopped it, but our, our Sunday school class um, was going down. I think we've started it up again. Once a month, we go down to a local park where a lot of homeless people hang out and we, um, we buy like 30 pizzas and Aww. we go down there and we hand out pizza, you know? And I so we're doing our part here too, but that's, Beautiful. you know, my bigger Thank calling you. is without the, with, with outside the U.S. So that's okay. I love that, you know, and you know, some people say sometimes, oh, you think you're better than we are because you give and you do that. It has nothing to do with that. 
No, it's no. just about the awareness. You know, I think if more people were aware of the difference and for me, I started it because of a selfish reason. Right. Like I started also. for, for healing, yep. you know, yep. and, and, um, so, but ended up, you know, I think you always get, you always get more from, from your mission than you can ever give. Always always and you learn you know and you meet people even when we do the pizzas in the park here to get to know some of those the homeless people and when you hear their stories and it's like you know that could have been me and so we're not any better and it can still be yeah yeah it still can be especially with covid and everything getting shut down you know yeah it can happen to any of us and so you help now and then hopefully someday if you need it somebody's there to help you yeah. And I think it's so important. Like, I'm so glad that when you went to Haiti that first time that there were youth that were going with you, because I think yeah. it's so important for kids to, you know, when we did our first thing around Christmas, my son was the first year he did not ask for the, the, the latest, you know, and greatest. Yeah. And so I think it's so, it, yeah, it, it's instead of walking around people, let's walk toward them, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, the, you know, and now in, in church, we'll get into a debate about this, about the homeless man on the corner wants money. And, you know, I'll, especially here in Oklahoma, we get really hot in the summer. Um, you know, it'll be 40 degrees Celsius a lot of days, you know, and so those times a year, and I know your son does the bags for the, I keep bottled water in my car and open, you know, just a case of bottled so water. Important. And it's like, Beautiful. you know, hand out a bottle of water, you know, when you see them and you know, they're hot and it's like, we can all provide something to help somebody without it just being money or breaking the bank. I, yeah. Or breaking the bank. But imagine yeah. if you didn't like, what if that one person that you gave that water to was going to have a heat stroke or was going yeah, to, exactly. you know, fainted in the middle of the road or something like you just never know. Yep. You don't know how right. the ripple effect. Um, have you ever read, read any Mitch album book? No, I haven't. Oh, you should check it out. There's a few different ones. They're, they're short, um, okay. but they're all about how an act it reads like a story it's not like a textbook or anything and it's how you know you help one and you see you know the generations down the line or you see um the effects behind it like it's just beautiful you should oh yeah yeah i I can imagine it's just it's really really beautiful how you don't know you know that one person that you looked up and smiled at was on their way to jump in front of that train just that smile distracted and they forgot where they were going and went the other way you know just don't know and sometimes one person could could ruin it for everybody like one time I gave I gave a gentleman you know twenty dollars and um he said he was hungry gave him twenty dollars and he ended up going right into the liquor store and you feel so oh you know but you can't judge right you can't judge and did your part yeah but what if I gave that to him and he went and bought food for his family like just don't know so you can't call it out you know you cannot just judge somebody and say like I remember the first time we went out my son was six and and I said so how did that feel and he looked at me and he goes mom he goes they're a little dirty but they're not scary like I thought they're just people like us they're pretty cool you know and I love that and and when you go and do you never know who's watching you and because all the story one of the stories I love to tell um 
we went to, we were doing some work in Argentina for a while and um, we were up in the Andy mountains um, in a little town up there and um, we were doing construction work um, on building a church and a daycare center for the church. And so every morning we had these taxis pick when we had the same drivers every day, they picked us up like at seven in the morning, we did construction all day. Oh. They brought us home back to the hotel. Like at, we got back to the hotel, usually about seven at night. So we were exhausted. We were doing hard physical labor. So the taxi ride every day, nobody talked, <laughs> you know, we had a team with us, I'm, but we all said, cause you're exhausted, <laughs> you know? And it's like, so, and this went on for a week. And at the end of the trip, the taxi driver approached us. He goes, what, why, why are you doing this? And it's like, well, cause God taught us to love others the way we love ourselves and to help those. He goes, I don't know what you have, but you guys just have such joys. I want it. How do I find that? And now we can connect since we were not there for much longer. We connected him with a local pastor and he started going back to church mm. and, and we never spoke, you know, we said good morning, but we never spoke to the guy, but he saw what we did every day and it changed his life. See, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And little and did so you know. Yeah. Yeah. One Sometimes it takes expected. a driver, right? Yeah, it does. It's funny. It's funny because you say something and then I don't mean to keep putting this back to me, but you say something like you were saying before about your husband um, not wanting to go the first time because it's sort of like he was a little bit leery about, okay, we're going to yeah. go where they speak English, right? And I'm like, oh my God, my husband right. said the same thing, right? And then yeah, you just yeah. said about this gentleman drive. One of the most impactful people I met in Guatemala was my driver. Now oh, yeah. And now we're working together in a joint venture together. Yeah. He was this phenomenal, phenomenal. You know, we had three hours to talk to him. Our drive was a little longer than just a little taxi thing, right? But yeah talk yeah. every sunday like yeah oh yeah it's beautiful. amazing yep where to next when everything opens up where are you going <laughs> we actually we have well this was not a mission trip because like i said i still love to travel um for birthdays coming up next year we have the trips booked um morocco Ooh. is one of the places i've always wanted to go Ooh. and that's that's a just a trip trip and then one of my favorite cities to go to is paris which there's not a lot of mission work that <laughs> works there but we have promised our kids yeah, that's and great kids for years and years we'd all do a paris trip and so we have that book for there's 11 of well us you need going. to do that if, too you know giving starts yeah, with and you and then we'll figure out you know um we had been let's see november of last year we were in myanmar so we try to do something every year. We haven't gotten anything scheduled this year just because of the COVID. Yeah. Things are just starting to open up for next year. So we'll get something in there for missions. But it's like, okay, so often yeah. the mission trips take priority. It's like, okay, let's no, I think it's great scheduled. Yeah, because we're retired now. So we have the time. So now it's just like, okay, and you let's need to do those do things. Yeah, you need to yeah. have yeah. that, yeah. you know, and we time. and we save up our mileage. You know, because when we do like flying to Myanmar, like I said, it's 20 hours, of, <laughs> you know, and so a trip there and back will usually give me enough points between the two of us that we can get a free trip. So when we go to Morocco, the air, for, air is free and we've got enough points at the hotel that that's free. Amazing. So all, we're doing that all on and just spending money. So awesome. Like that's yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, so we take advantage of that too. So 
Um, it's important because you need to rejuvenate and especially after COVID, yeah. you need, you need that time. You know, it doesn't mean that you always have to give to everybody. You have to give to yourself. Otherwise you have nothing to give, right? That's the whole right. premise of the, of the podcast. Right. But I wanted to ask you a question and I just forgot what it was. <laughs> I, I'm just so like, I just so many things I want to ask you, but have you ever tried, um, house sitting? No, but we, now I've seen that quite a bit, and I know that's a big deal to do. We have stayed with locals in many places, mm. so that doesn't worry me, but I haven't yet. We've explored it. We do a lot of, you know, especially if we're traveling personally and we have any of the family, like the kids or grandkids, we do a, like a VRBO or Airbnb a lot. Cool. Is that, you know, if you've got multiple families, it's a whole lot cheaper to do it that way. Yeah. Um, we have looked into it. We just haven't done it yet. I was just wondering if you had experience because it. it was something I was looking no. into and I didn't know if you had any experience with that. No, not yet. But I have looked into it myself. We just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm soaking in all your stories and it's just, I love that you're giving so much of yourself and that you're, you've gone around the world and just opened up your heart to all these people. And, and in turn, you've, you know, you're, you've straight, you're stronger. Oh, much, much stronger. And, you know, it's got, it, it got me off on a writing career that I never expected to do. Um, you know, my college career, I'm an accountant by trade, um, after I retired. So numbers were always my thing. And then, you know, after all these missions that we've done, start one day feeling that little familiar voice saying, you know, you should write these stories down because there's so many incredible ones. And it's like, mm, nope. It's like, I don't like writing. I don't like English. It was my worst subject in school always. And finally put that away. It's like, okay, that's just me being egotistical that I should write. And so I always kind of make nice deals with God's like, okay, if that's you, then tell my husband to ask about it. Otherwise, it's just my imagination and I'm leaving it alone. About a month after that, we're sitting watching TV one night. My husband turned around, looked at me, goes, how's that book coming? And I had never told him any of this. Really? And I just kind of started crying. He goes, what? And I told him the story. He goes, oops, I guess you're writing a book. And so... You know, so now I've got that too. Um, lots of things to write about from the trips and I'd love to things, read it. But yeah, and so I, my a second book's coming out. I got a third one. So you know, it, it open and not to try to get people to read no, no. read or that, but you know, it just opens so many other doors I had no clue about, and it's you know, it it just changed everything in my life. Yeah. So if if you're listening at home, you know, I yeah try it <laughs> yes, try it go. because you think it's going to be good and then it's not hard to do and then when you get there it's great yep and there's lots of churches and organizations out there that you can plug into to make it easy yes. you know we we blaze our own trails it's like oh let's go here and you know nobody else from in any church that we work with has been there and they're like really it's like, yeah, we'll go. And, you know, you, you don't know. have to go with a church, but. No. Or, no but it is but, easier the first few times if you want to go with a group. 
But yeah, I have to warn people too, though, there are some wonderful, even though they're wonderful volunteer organizations, they're expensive. There yes, are some are. out there that kind of, you have to pay them to be able to go. And I don't necessarily right. agree with that. I think right. you can still do the same thing, um, but do it on yep. your own. And, and it's a little yep. exciting that way too, because you get to plan it out and. Oh yeah. And I love searching for good airfares. <laughs> I can, it's like, once I know I'm doing a trip, it's like, oh, that's my next week spent finding us airfare. And if you can, now, if you have children, you can't do this as well, but if you can go off season, makes a huge difference. Um, you know, we try to, we're doing Paris, as I said, this summer because grandkids are in school, but you know, if I can try, I travel anywhere from October through April and yeah. you can, Sometimes the airfares are half of what they are. No, that's a good tip. Yeah, yeah. but don't yeah. you find if you go to a, like a third world country and it's off season, there's more to to help with. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're even exactly. needed more in the off times. Yep. Yep. I was gonna ask you if we could end on a funny story. Do you have a story? Or a scary story, something that happened that you did not, you were not expecting. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> um, well, and like I said, when we're, even when we're on the trips, we schedule fun things to do in the area. Um, for example, Nairobi, um, I said about the animal orphanage. Well, this, an this elephant orphanage, we had always read about. Um, and it's like, I love animals would, or elephants would be my, number one animal. I love an elephant. And so I heard about this. We did some research and it's like, okay, we'll get back to now because where we're, we're out in the country. Um, and so we'll get to back to Nairobi the day before we have to board the flight home and spend the day doing the animal orphanages and we'll go see this, the elephants. And so we went and we, most of the time, up to recently, we take teams with us, not so much to me and Mark as the political situation there, but so we, and we usually have some youth with us. So it's always, we would like to teach them about doing all of oh, this. So um, we're, we're walking up and it's early in the morning because you're, they feed, they tell you what time the feedings are. So we wanted to be there for the first morning feeding so we could play with the elephants and they're all babies. Um, so we're walking up and my husband and I are walking side by side and I look down at the side of the road because it's a sandy road and there right in the middle of it is this lion print. Oh, really? And I'm, looking, and I'm looking at it and we've got a guide with us because sometimes you come across somebody that doesn't speak English and I kind of nudged him. I said, is that what I think it is? He goes, oh, a lion print. He goes, that's fairly fresh too. Some, a lion's been through here in probably the last hour and I'm looking back at the kids we have with us and it's like, how do I explain to the parents back home that, I'm sorry, your child was eaten by a lion while we were here and we never saw it, never heard it, but it was there somewhere. A very um, possible thing that could have happened. Oh, very much, very much. That same trip to my husband, when we, we sometimes we drive out to the little town we work in because you drive through all the wildlife areas. So it's spectacular. It's very long, bad roads. And so one time we were driving, my husband had to stop to, to use the side of the road because yes. you're in the middle of nowhere and it's dark. It's at night, which we try not to travel at night. And we're doing something and I turn around and he's gone and he came back and it's like, where'd you go? He goes, I went over there behind that bush to pee. 
and I'm looking at him and it's like, where are we? Because Kenya in the Serengeti. And it's like, uh-huh, and what else lives here? And he's like, lions. And he's like, yeah, you were just off by yourself behind a tree. He's like, ooh, didn't think that through before I did that, did I? Oh. <laughs> like, I'm just glad nothing ate you. Oh, so, my goodness. So all yeah. kinds of fun things like that happen. But we've always, always been okay, so. It's just the wildlife that, that you print. have to, yeah, wow, yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm like, deathly afraid of snakes. So if, if I were to go in the bush and then the snake came, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. but I guess you generally don't see them. <laughs> no, and I guess we gotta. They're there. The you just don't see them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, it's phenomenal. Is there anything that you you'd like to talk about that we didn't get to today? Anything you'd like to share? Um, again, you know, I'm on here to encourage people, but. You know, if they want to follow our work when I am on the mission, and even when I'm not, I'm usually posting about the kids at our orphanage. So, you know, if you if there people are interested, Orphan Relief Effort Incorporated, feel free to go on our. We have a web page, Facebook page is the probably the one I keep up the most. Um, but you can see about the kids and you know learn a little more about what it's like to do some of the things that we do. Yeah, and see that it is easily doable. Oh, it is. Especially in this day and age. Wonderful, smiling faces. If you go, we've had that web page now, or Facebook page, uh, well over 10 years, probably 15 or so. But you can go back and look and you can see how the kids grow and their beautiful smiling faces. And every once in a while, I'll post a picture of when we got the child into the orphanage versus now. And you can see how people's donations make a huge difference. What was the name again? Orphan Relief Effort Incorporated. Thank you so much, Yvonne. No, thank thank you. you. This is always fun to talk about. <laughs> thank you. Not only for coming on the show, but for everything that you're doing. I love it. And I love that you've convinced your husband and he's all about it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe we can do a project together one day. You never know. You never know. I'm always open, you know, because you just never know what's out there. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And take this time, you know, while COVID's happening to rejuvenate and do all the planning and it's phenomenal. I don't, I don't want to let you go. I just want to keep talking, but I have another, (laughs) but I want to keep talking Uh to you. (laughs) So great to meet new people. I love it. It's, it is. Well, thank you so much and uh, all the best and keep doing what you're doing. I love it and keep spreading the word so more people can do it. You too. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.